Happy Wednesday to you. Today on the Locked On Blue Jay podcast, we start by deep diving tonight's Blue Jays at Orioles pitching matchup, Kevin Gosman versus Jack Flaherty. Reminder, that game's available for you on SiriusXM. Second segment is Toronto Blue Jay trivia, and then we'll close out today by taking a look at the other wildcard teams, the other wildcard foes in action tonight. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays. Yes, indeed, been Locked On Toronto Blue Jay Baseball pretty much my entire life. Ever since I can remember, Blue Jay Baseball, a big deal for me. The This is my first season hosting, first year hosting the Locked On Blue Jay Podcast. It's been around you know, for a while, of course, and the Locked On Blue Jay Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Reminder that all Toronto Blue Jay action this season is available for you to take in on SiriusXM. And if you're taking in today's episode on the Locked On Blue Jay podcast YouTube page, hello and thank you for that. Please hit that like, drop that comment, hit that subscribe if you haven't already. Over 700 subscribers now. It is really growing, so I'm much, much appreciated. I'm much appreciative of that. And to the everydayers making the Locked On Blue Jay podcast your first podcast listen every day, thank you so much for that as well. Jam-packed show laid out in the opening there what we're going to be going through first up is the pitching matchup kevin gosman jack flaherty let's jump in kevin gosman on the mound for the toronto blue jays nine and seven on the season 3.24 era his 187 strikeouts lead the league i think it's like 103 of those alone have been on his splitter wow <laughs> top tier pitch right in all of baseball incredibly ironically and, and we're going to look at this uh, in a moment here but remember now kevin gosman started his career with the same baltimore orioles and only developed the splitter a lot more recently since leaving baltimore because they didn't want him to throw it all that often hmm, okay because uh, kevin gosman's 11.7 strikeouts per nine innings that also is the best in baseball top three in Cy young odds right now garrett cole hopefully garrett cole will Fall at least uh, far enough out of the Cy Young race where Kevin Gosman can pass him. Garrett Cole hopefully will get sucked into all the absolute epic crappiness going on with the New York Yankees right now. Side note, how glorious is that? How great is it to see? Now, I'm not happy about the Anthony Rizzo thing. Like, I'm not happy about the, the Yankees just totally massacring how they're treating their players injuries nothing about that is fun or okay or, you know anything along those lines i don't have a sense of humor about anything along those lines concussion protocol in this day and age new york yankees fed a tension my goodness but everything else i mean them losing them being in last place their fan base being irate all of that is glorious all of that is glorious so hopefully garrett cole will fall victim to that and and fall down the cy young votes but there's a pair of mariners I mean, not only are the Seattle Mariners as a team hard charging since the All-Star break, but Luis Castillo and George Kirby, they're amongst there. They're right out there leading that charge. So I think that the Cy Young will come down to Castillo, Kirby, or Kevin Gosman. And the hope would be that Castillo and Kirby would take votes away from each other. Kevin Gosman going to have a real good shot at winning the, the Cy Young this season. Repping the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, one thing that certainly couldn't have helped was the last time out for Kevin Gosman. He was absolutely smacked around by the Philadelphia Phillies. You remember that game, but the last time we saw the last time we saw Kevin Gosman on the road, he was absolutely stellar. He was that Cy Young Kevin Gosman. That was that one nothing win over the Cleveland Guardians, and Gosman was excellent in that game. Remember the Guardians won that one game one nothing. The very next day, the Blue Jays it was the Blue Jays' turn to win that game one nothing. Well, that was Kevin Gosman. 
11th season in major league uh, in the majors for Kevin Gosman. His first six, as we were mentioning earlier, first six were with the Baltimore Orioles. 39 and 51 record. 39 and 59 record. When you look at how good Kevin Gosman is right now, and remember when the Jays got him, they wanted to get him because he had been so good with San Fran, right? Like it, it's, it's been a little while now where Kevin Gosman has been that good. So pretty surprising to see him at 39 and 51 over six seasons with Baltimore. ERA at 4.22. I mean, 4.22 is not even a horrible ERA, but it's certainly not something you would say is a good ERA. And it's nowhere near in line with the Kevin Gosman that we've come to know and love. Developed into a workhorse with the Baltimore Orioles. That I can give the Orioles credit for. Yes, they did develop Kevin Gosman into a workhorse. But again, didn't want him to use that splitter. Don't really get it. I think they thought he would have some arm issues and, and some injury issues as a result and, and thought that some of his other pitchers had a chance to be a lot more effective. I mean, the Orioles, they probably did what they thought was best at the time, but it's it's the Blue Jays right now that it's paying off for. Now, for Kevin Gosman, this will be his third start versus the Orioles this season. The first two were both in Toronto. That first start, you go a couple months back, you might remember Joey Ortiz, who's not even on the big league level anymore, but he let off the top of the third with a double. Cedric Mullins would get a hit and steal second. So Baltimore had second and third, nobody out. Gosman would get a couple of ground outs. He would make some good pitches, get a couple of ground outs, and then a strikeout in that inning. But on those two ground outs, the two runs would score Baltimore. Why are so many Baltimore offensive stats lockstep with the Toronto Blue Jays, but their record is so much better than the Toronto Blue Jays? Well, that's an example right there, right? Second and third, nobody out. We know the Blue Jays would have gone quickly and quietly and not scored a run, but Baltimore, even in getting two of those guys out, they made productive outs, moved the runners over, scored the runs. That's the difference, right, between these two teams here at this point. The In that particular game, Gosman was at 115 pitches. He threw that over eight innings. He was awesome in that game. And then the Orioles, you might remember that. That was the one where they would go on to score five runs in the top of the 11th off of uh, Jimmy Garcia. The Orioles would win that game eight to three, if you remember that game. But I, I know you, you hated the ending of it, of course, but take your mind's eye back to how good Kevin Gosman was against the Orioles in that game. And then a few weeks back, top of the second inning, the only, the only I mean, the the only stretch of uh, of bad, but, but you know what? I shouldn't say the only because it was a really bad stretch and probably cost them having a good game here. A few weeks back in the top of the second inning, again, at Toronto, Baltimore would have four singles and a walk. They would, it would lead to, you know, just two runs. I say just two runs because four hits and a walk could have been more, but those two runs, the four hits and the walk just made for such a marathon inning. It ran the pitches way up. Kevin Gosman wouldn't even make it out of the fifth inning. He was over 100 pitches already because of how Baltimore got to him in that second inning. So two starts against Baltimore, and each time, one particular stretch of batters, three to five batters, has been the undoing for Kevin Gosman. So going to watch for that tonight. Gosman going to need to be a little bit more consistent. I, that's for tonight for the Toronto Blue Jays. Again, big picture-wise, we're hoping Kevin Gosman is, is firmly going to be charging up that, that Cy Young ladder as well. We know when Kevin Gosman was on the top of his game, then he's got the fastball at the top of the strike zone and the splitter at the bottom of the strike zone. It, every single time he's had a bad start this season, you could see right away that the fastball was just nowhere near what it usually is for Kevin Gosman. So that's what we'll be watching early and often tonight. We know the splitter. Kevin Gosman could roll out of bed, and, and the splitter is going to be excellent. He's developed it to be a top-tier pitch in all of baseball. It's the fastball that he pairs and uses to set up that splitter. That's going to be the key, so we'll watch that early and often tonight. Kevin Gosman, 6-4 and four record, 3.38 ERA on the road. I mean, you know he's been good. Adam Frazier. Adam Frazier, I consider this guy pretty light hitting. Well, he's hitting 375. His OPS is over 1,000 versus the Blue Jays this season. Holy moly. He's got a triple and a pair of home runs and 
16 for 41 in his career against Kevin Gosman. My goodness, that's a 390 batting average. So that's certainly a matchup we'll have to watch tonight. There's actually a few. Austin Hayes, four for nine career against Gosman. Cedric Mullins, five for nine career against Gosman. And you already know this is coming. Ryan Mountcastle has hit Kevin Gosman too, has hit him as as well. I know what Toronto Blue Jay hasn't Ryan Mountcastle heard or hit. I hear you. But Mountcastle, five for 11 in his career against Gosman. The only... Oriole that Gosman has really dominated is is James McCann. Now, McCann is just three for 15. Gosman's dominated him, but that's backup catcher James McCann because Adley's going to be the starting catcher, and Adley's actually hit Gosman well. Adley's four for 12 with a double and three RBIs in his career against Gosman. So the only batter that Gosman's really dominated in this lineup is James McCann, and I cannot imagine we see him in the lineup tonight. You know, I guess we could say Anthony Santander as well. I guess I'll correct myself because Gosman's been really good against Santander. Santander just one for nine against Kevin Gosman. The one is, you know, was a home run, but ultimately one for nine. Yeah, I should probably correct that and say that he's he's dominated McCann, who will not be in the lineup tonight, but Gosman's also dominated Santander, who will definitely be in the lineup tonight. Jack Flaherty, fellow righty, eight and eight on the mound, 4.73 overall ERA. We know that he was brought in at the trade deadline by the Baltimore Orioles. Now, this will be his fourth start for the Orioles. In his first three starts, his last two, so his middle start and his most recent start, totaled eight innings and was roughed up for 10 runs on 10 hits. Six walks in there as well over these eight innings. Again, last two starts, just eight innings pitched, getting roughed up, 10 runs, 10 hits, six walks, a pair of home runs in there as well. Now, those are the second and third start. What about the first start he made with the Baltimore Orioles? Well, it was an absolute gem. One run on four hits in six innings pitched, eight strikeouts. Oh, that's right. Oh, of course. You probably already see, you probably already remember where I'm going with this. That was against the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, yes. He's been awful against anybody else, but against the Toronto Blue Jays a couple weeks back, he was completely dominant. So, Jay's definitely looking for some revenge tonight. In his career, two starts versus the Blue Jays for for Jack Flaherty. 2-0 record, one run allowed. Wow. Versus the current Toronto Blue Jays, 7 for 58. Current Toronto Blue Jays are 7 for 58 against Jack Flaherty. That's a 120 batting average. No home runs, two RBIs. In fact, the seven hits were all singles. Jack Flaherty has only a couple starts, only two starts. Yes. So hopefully, right, not necessarily something we can say is a trend at this point, but certainly something to be concerned about tonight. Keep an eye on tonight. We need to be hopeful tonight. Now, Matt Chapman just one for seven. And his career, oh boy, against Jack Flaherty. Brandon Belt, one for 13. George Springer, 0 for 8 with four strikeouts in his career against Jack Flaherty. Wow, 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 wow. So it's going to be a full lineup of Toronto Blue Jays that need to be better tonight against Jack Flaherty. Chief amongst them, Matt Chapman, let's go. Brandon Belt, let's go. George Springer, let's go. That game, of course, available for you on SiriusXM. Now, coming up on the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast, we get into some Toronto Blue Jays trivia. You know, we like to do that once a week around here. Always have fun with that. Now, first, I wanted to mention that for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. Well, it's the same thing when it comes to your vehicle, right? Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. You just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to let you know your part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. 
With over 122 million parts to choose from, well, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, get the right fit, get the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit available for U.S. customers only, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Now, each week on the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast, we like to have some fun with Toronto Blue Jay trivia. And everydayers will know that we tie in that week's trivia with the opponents the Blue Jays are playing that week. So this week's trivia going to have a Blue Jays and an Orioles twist to it. And since the Blue Jays are about to play a home series this weekend versus Cleveland, there's a few questions in there with a Cleveland and Toronto twist as well. So I have seven questions. I'll ask all seven of them. You can hit the pause after the questions are asked there. If, if, you know, if you need a moment or something to think about an answer or two, and then just press play again as I'll go through the answers. Let's have some fun. Let's do this. Question number one, and if you're a Brooklyn Nine-Nine fan, the way Jake Peralta would say it would be question the first. And if you get that, we can definitely be friends. But question the first, Toronto Blue Jays franchise record for play, for one player scoring runs in a game is five. And it's been done five different times in the course of Toronto Blue Jays franchise history. Now, the most recent time was back against these Baltimore Orioles in 2021. What former Toronto Blue Jay accomplished that, scored five runs versus the Orioles, tying a franchise record back in 2021? Question number two, which former Toronto Blue Jay has the franchise record for most grand slams in one season? It's four. He hit two of them off of Orioles. Zach Lothar and Dean Kramer, who ironically is tomorrow night's starter for the Orioles, also hit one off of Mike fulton in Texas. And the most memorable one, if you take your mind's eye back, you might remember the Blue Jays were down 8-2 to two in the eighth inning. Use Merrill Petit on for the Oakland A's. This was when Matt Chapman was in Oakland A. This, this game was at the Rogers Center. The Blue Jays were down 8-2 in the eighth, made it 8-4. And then this batter's fourth, home, fourth grand slam of the season made it 8-all. They would go on to win 11-10. Very dramatic game, very exciting game. You probably remember it if you don't immediately once you hear the answer you're gonna your mind's eye is gonna go back oh right right that was so awesome too so who was that blue jay four grand slams that's a franchise record in one season question number three let's go back to august 5th of 1984 now every dayers in my mind's eye i feel like we've we've deep dive this particular player and the season that this player had in 1984 because it's the toronto blue jays franchise record for most steals in a season he had 60 but on this particular day, August 5th and 84, the Blue Jays playing the Orioles, they set a franchise record with seven stolen bases. Lloyd Mosby stole one, Willie Upshaw stole two, and this Blue Jay stole four. And again, there were four of his franchise record, 60 stolen bases. Blue Jays have had five seasons at four different players. Roberto Almer did it twice, where, where a Blue Jay stole in the 50s for bases, never been in the 60s except this one time, and he stole four on this uh, historic day uh, in the franchise history back in 1984. Who is that player? Question number four. The Blue Jays twice, their, their worst franchise loss ever. It's twice. They've, they've lost by 22 runs. Well, one of those was to these Baltimore Orioles. 23-1 to one beat down back at the end of the season in the year 2000. Blue Jays lone run that game in the 23-1 to shellacking was a solo home run by this veteran left-handed hitting catcher 
Now, this veteran lefty played 14 seasons on the big league level. The last five were with the Toronto Blue Jays, so that was 98 through 2002, and that was directly on the heels of him spending six seasons as the Montreal Expo catcher from 92 through 97. So this person was was a big-time catcher in Canadian baseball franchise history. Not, I don't mean he was Canadian, but Expos and Blue Jays, there's your Canadian teams, right? 11 straight seasons, this guy was the catcher for one of those two teams. Who was that? Question number five. Now, the Blue Jays, as we mentioned, they're heading home this weekend for a series against Cleveland. So let's take it back. Let's throw back some of these questions to the 2016 ALCS. Now, we know Cleveland, you know, it was total domination. Cleveland won that series four games to one. Now, who was the winning pitcher? Six really good innings for that lone Blue Jays win. If you remember, it was game three. Blue Jays won that game five to one. It was the only one of the series for the Blue Jays. Who was that starting pitcher? Question number six of seven. Two Blue Jays tied for the team lead in that ALCS 2016. There was two Blue Jays that had six hits, led the team, and the Jays only hit two home runs, so they, they had one each. Who were those players? Again, led the, led the Blue Jays in that series in hits with six. They're tied and tied for the lead team lead in home runs with one. Now, one of these two is a definite usual suspect for the Blue Jays' offense during these days. One, the other one is a deeper cut. And our final question, question number seven, what Blue Jays starting pitcher in that 2016 ALCS had two starts? Each of those starts allowed just two runs. First start went eight innings. Second start went six innings. Just one walk in total, 13 strikeouts. And in those 14 innings pitched over those two games, 0.857 whip. He was absolutely dominant. Now, despite being so dominant, he would go 0-2 in that series because the Blue Jays would lose 2-0 and 3-0, a pair of shutouts. I mean, my goodness, not even any run scored at all for this pitcher. Who was that pitcher? So hit that pause. I'll give you a second here. Get that Jeopardy music playing in your head here. Okay, now let's let's get back into it. Let's revisit the answers now. It's Toronto, question number one, Toronto Blue Jay franchise record. Five runs in a game, been done five different times. Who did it most recently against these Orioles back in 2021? Peanut power. That was Lourdes Gurriel Jr. You, you can imagine there's a lot of people whose hair I'm envious of. Well, Lourdes certainly a chief amongst them, right? And then question number two, who was the former Blue Jay that uh, set the record for most grand slams in a season with four and two off of these Orioles? And was I was I was I cheeky here this week with with, with the trivia? Because you, you might be sitting there saying, well, wait a minute, isn't that again Lourdes Gurriel Jr.? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is the answer to number one and number two here today. Question number three. August 5th, 1984, Blue Jays steal seven bases. Mosby gets one, Upshaw gets two. It's a franchise record seven bases, I should mention. Who stole the other four and part of his 60 steals, which is a franchise record that stands to this day? Dave Collins. Dave Collins. It's a bit of a deeper cut because you're going back to the early 80s there. Now, if you knew that answer, I mean, drop that comment. Yeah, we can definitely be friends if, if you knew about Dave Collins. Question number four, tied for the worst loss in franchise history, 23 to 1. Back at the end of the season, is the end of September of, of the year 2000, and the Blue Jays' solo run, uh, the lone run, was a solo home run by this veteran lefty who, as we say, you know, spent 11 straight seasons catching for either the Expos or the Blue Jays. Do you remember this catcher? Do you remember? Darren Fletcher. Darren Fletcher. Yes, shout out to Darren Fletcher. Wow, a, 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 Canadian, a Canadian enthusiast. Six years with the Expos, five with the Blue Jays. Awesome. Question number five as we headed into the 2016 ALCS now. 
the Blue Jays, they lost that series four games to one. Who was the winning pitcher of the only win for the Blue Jays? I, I tried to give you the clue that it was game three. If you remember that, it was a 5-1 victory. It was a very solid game pitched by former Blue Jay, Aaron Sanchez. Aaron Sanchez, yes, indeed. Real shame how his career uh, ended up going, right? But the, you know, in 2015 and 2016, uh, my Aaron Sanchez jersey is one of my favorite jerseys, actually. It was a prized possession for me at that time. I loved Aaron Sanchez. It's a real shame what happened with his career. Number six, question number six, the two Blue Jays that tied for the team lead in that 2016 ALCS with six hits and a home run each. Who were they? I said one was a usual suspect for this offense in those days. That was Josh Donaldson, the bringer of rain. Did you get that? And I said the other one was a deeper cut. Now, I could have given the clue that it was some CanCon, some Canadian content that might have given it away. But the deeper cut, the Canadian content, who was that? I, I'm I'm surprised as you are as well. That this was this one took me a little bit aback as well. It was Michael Saunders. It was Michael Saunders. I, I don't in my mind's eye. I don't really consider Michael Saunders, you know, being all that great for the Blue Jays. Remember, he had that incident in spring training where he stepped on that uh, sprinkler head, and that seemed to really derail his Toronto Blue Jay career. But hey, he, he's got that. He, he did well in that 2016 ALCS. One of the only Blue Jays <laughs> who did well in that 2016 ALCS. And the final question. Who was the Blue Jays starter in that 2016 ALCS that ended up going 0-2? Somehow went 0-2 in his two starts, despite allowing only two runs, each of those starts, two earned runs. There was an unearned run in there as well, I should mention. But eight innings pitched in that first game, six innings pitched in that second game, one total walk allowed, 13 strikeouts, and an incredible whip. I mean, he wasn't allowing base runners. He was doing his thing. But the Blue Jays lost 2-0 and 3-0. No, it's not Kevin Gosman. I know when you hear the lack of offense, you're thinking, oh, Kevin Gosman. Obviously, it wasn't Kevin Gosman. No, but do you remember who that was? Marco Estrada. Now, we are at the point of the season, of course, where we've got eyeballs on the out-of-town scoreboard. Yes, indeed. This is actually the time where I feel like the unbalanced schedule really benefited the Toronto Blue Jays. The, the, the Jays schedule would have been a lot more packed with the teams directly in front of them that they're trying to catch Tampa and the team behind them. That's trying to be sneaky and trying to catch them Boston in September. I mean, I they, they the Jays do play a lot of games uh, against the, 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 um, the Rays. I, I guess that is true, but you know, ultimately for the entire season, no longer have that chance to have the 19 or 20 games against your division foes to take care of your own business and make sure you finish ahead of them. That's down to like 12 or 13 games now. So definitely time to be looking at the out-of-town scoreboard. We're in late August. September's the stretch run. September's the pennant race, the pennant, the pennant month, right? It's, I mean, and I guess we, we should change that way of, you know, we used to consider it the pennant race. Now, I guess with all these wildcard spots, it's the playoff race. It's the playoff race again, because, you know, to be technical, I don't think the Toronto Blue Jays are involved in the, the, the pennant would mean winning the American League East. I, don't, I really, even if the Jays sweep the series in Baltimore, I really don't see how the Blue Jays are in at all contention for the AL East at this point. It's going to be one of these wildcard spots that the Jays are chasing. So how about the teams that are in the mix for the Toronto Blue Jays chasing that those one of those three wildcard spots? And again, just to mention, perfect scenario. It's not for the faint of heart because it's scary, right? But perfect scenario is if you can nab that third and final wildcard spot because that's the team that will cross over and play the Minnesota Twins or the Cleveland Guardians. I really doubt the Guardians will catch the Twins, but play the, the winner, whoever the winner is, of the very weak AL Central. So beggars can't be choosers. Don't get me wrong on that, right? But if the Blue Jays can thread that needle and finish in that third wildcard spot, that's absolutely glorious. I, I really think it'll lead to the first wins in, in, in the Shapiro and Atkins era. Well, in the last couple of years, I should say, in the playoffs for the Blue Jays. So tonight, not every team's in action tonight, but let's start with the Mariners at the White Sox. Going into Tuesday night's game, the Mariners were on a 10-game road trip, are still on a 10-game road trip, and were 7-1 and 
to start that 10 game road trip. Like this should have been a 10 game road trip that eliminated Seattle, put the, put Seattle definitely in the blue Jays rear view. Instead they're charging. Remember that there's a three game sweep at Houston in there. Oh my goodness. Seattle Mariners on fire. And we were talking earlier about the, about Kevin Gosman's AL Cy Young chances while George Kirby's on the mound for the Mariners tonight. And he is hard charging as are the Mariners, right? Over the last month, the Mariners have gained seven games on the Toronto Blue Jays. Overall, Kirby leads the league in whip, leads the league in fewest walks, and has the best strikeout-to-walk ratio. He was an all-star this season as well. Crazy good fastball. And Seattle, not only overall, is hot. They're hot when George Kirby's on the mound. They, they won seven of his last nine starts. George Kirby making a, a significant charge overall, I would say right now, probably place him about fourth in the Cy Young voting. I would think right now the odds are going to be Cole, Luis Castillo, Kevin Gosman, George Kirby. And as we go through these next couple of weeks, depending who has good starts, who has stellar starts, there's going to be a lot of fluctuation there. But George Kirby, I mean, he's he's pitched himself into the mix. So very scary tonight for the Blue Jays, who have obviously need the White Sox to pull off this upset. That means the Toronto Blue Jay fans are Michael Kopech fans tonight, and that is not for the faint of heart. The White Sox are just 8-15 and 15 when Kopech starts, and this game is at Chicago. Well, Chicago's last lost the last five times that Kopech has started at home for them. His last time out, Kopech's last time out, he allowed nine runs and three home runs. Now that was at Colorado, so I guess a lot of pitchers do that. Yes, but still, you see, I mean, not a whole lot of cost for optimism. Not a whole lot of glass half full tonight. Seattle going to be heavily, heavily favored uh, in this game. Michael Kopech faced the Mariners earlier this season. Four and a third innings pitched. Now just one run on six hits, but six walks allowed. Six walks allowed. So Kopech going to have to be better with the long ball tonight. Kopech going to have to be better with your control tonight. Michael Kopech, please, hey, please, you have an entire country of Canada behind you tonight cheering for you. Another game of interest tonight for the Toronto Blue Jays, Colorado Rockies at the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, Tampa Bay is right around that 500 mark since the All-Star break. We know they've lost their star, uh, Shane McClanahan, for the rest of this season and for next season. What a blow and whatever the heck this is going on with Wander Franco. But the the Tampa Bay Rays are reeling right now, at least personnel-wise, because they're still getting some wins. But at least from a personnel standpoint, they are reeling. Now, the good news is, for Toronto Blue Jay fans, is that Gomber is the pitcher tonight for Colorado. Now, he is their ace. He's 9-9, nine and nine, and those nine wins by far lead the Rockies. But, I mean, don't know if he's all that great. Now, ERA is over 7 at Coors Field. Now, Gomber's ERA on the road, because this game's at Tampa Bay, 3.59 road ERA for Gomber. That's legit. That's legit. Now, he's never faced Tampa Bay before, so hopefully... He's got, uh, you know, they're not smelling what he's cooking tonight. Hopefully there's some cause for optimism there because it's Aaron Savali on the mound for the Rays, his fourth start with Tampa Bay. Now, he was awful in his first start versus the Tigers. Then his second start, he was decent versus Cleveland. And then his third and most recent start for the Tampa Bay Rays, he was really good the last time out versus the San Francisco Giants. Are any of us going to be surprised if Aaron Savelli does really well? I mean, Tampa Bay is a, a pitching factory, right? They bring in pitchers that are good, and they develop them to be great. So not going to be surprised there. But hopefully, Gomber and the Rockies can pull a nice upset tonight. And the third and final game that has massive implications for the Toronto Blue Jays tonight, that's the Boston Red Sox at the Houston Astros. Chris Sale versus Jose Ucurdy. So it's a couple of pitchers coming back from long injuries. Uh, I, I believe for both of them, this will be their third start uh, back or, or third appearance because Urquidy actually his last time out, uh, the, the Astros brought him out of the bullpen, which is interesting. But for Sale, this would be his third start back from injury. He had one really good start, one not so good start. 
Now the Red Sox are nine and four in Chris Sale starts, so they're doing well with the with the with stud lefty on the mound. And in his career, it's a definite glass half empty here for the Toronto Blue Jays because this game's at Minute Maid Park in Houston. And in his career, Chris Sale has pitched very well in that ballpark. Well, I say glass half empty. I guess it depends who you're rooting for there. Are, are you hoping the Red Sox beat the Astros so the Jays have a chance to catch the Astros? Or are you hoping the Astros beat the Red Sox so it's one less team? Like, let's get rid of the, the Red Sox as a team we need to worry about in this race, right? To be honest, that's where I am. I'd rather the Astros win. I'm going to be happy either way. We're all going to be happy if the Jays just take care of their own business, right? Yes. But in this game, I think I want the Astros and Urquidy to win. The, uh, or, or, the Astros are only four and four in Urquidy starts, which is really off this season. They used to, they, they were 38 and 25. They used to all often win, not always. They used to often win. That's the way to put it. They used to often win when Jose Urquidy was on the mound. I wouldn't mind seeing getting them, them getting back to those winning ways just tonight, right? Going forward, Houston can fall flat on their face again. But remember, every day as we know, we, we talked about this the other day, the schedule the rest of the way. We are in a stretch right now of 10 days, and we're, we're what? Th- this will be the third day of those 10 days where Boston and Houston will play each other seven times. So one of these two could could really, really damage the other's playoff hopes. Of course, worth mentioning, none of that matters. If the Toronto Blue Jays don't take care of their own business, right, then none of that matters. Seattle, Houston, Boston, Texas, if they keep falling, now who else? Uh, um, uh, is that how, uh, uh, Seattle, Houston, Boston? I guess those are the suspects there. But I mean, any of these teams could fall flat on their face. None of them are just going to hand the Toronto Blue Jays a, a, a playoff spot. The Jays are going to have to take care of their own business. But we are at the point of the season where we need to have eyes on the out-of-town scoreboard. That's a wrap for Wednesday's Locked On Blue Jays podcast. Tune in tomorrow. It's Throwback Thursday. We're also going to get set for the finale of this Blue Jays Orioles series tomorrow as well. You know, we like to deep dive those pitching matchups. For now, keep it locked on the Locked On Podcast Network and check out Sully hosting Locked On MLB. Go Jays, go. And we'll talk tomorrow.